<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs, and this is The Great America Show. Welcome, and good to have you with us as we celebrate truth, justice, and the American way. Let's start with the Marxist Dems' continued political persecution of America First and MAGA citizens, this time in the person of Steve Bannon, an icon of the MAGA right in this country and highly successful podcaster. Steve was former chief strategist for President Trump, CEO of his campaign and close advisor. Bannon's Marxist Dem persecutors include, of course, the January 6th committee, whose subpoena Bannon defied, and which Bannon, in the words of the court, attacked at every turn. Good for you, Steve. Also included are those Marxist dims who make up the DOJ prosecutors, the FBI agents who permit themselves to be used as nothing more than props, and perform as no better than servile thugs of the Marxist dims who lead them. And then there's Federal District Court Judge Carl Nichols, who sentenced Bannon to four months in federal prison for contempt of Congress. And, of course, he called out Bannon for mocking and attacking the Stalinist January 6th committee. Now that committee has issued a subpoena for former President Trump, seeking a deposition from him on November 14th, and his records, of course, regarding his actions on January 6, 2021. Hardly a thunderbolt from the blue, the committee made it clear a week ago, they would call on President Trump to testify, and there is precedent on the side of the committee. The committee, however, has a few other obstacles to overcome, and principal among them, the very legitimacy or illegitimacy of the committee itself. Think about how legitimate that committee really is, made up of seven mad Marxist Dems and two mad Republicans in name only, and not nominated by the GOP minority leader in the House, Kevin McCarthy. In other words, the committee is a farce from beginning to end. What a mess in Washington. What a mess in this country. And you'll be saddened to learn that Oprah Winfrey is frightened, scared that of all people, Stacey Abrams just might not be elected governor of Georgia. Come on, Oprah. If that's your biggest fear, you're doing pretty well. Most folks in Georgia, I would think, worry more that she would become governor. Abrams is running well behind Governor Brian Kemp, and Abrams' desperation is no better expressed than having to bring in a big celebrity like Oprah to bail her out, or at least try. You may remember Stacey Abrams refused to concede her losing race against Kemp four years ago. She admits that he won, but implies that it was stolen. Abrams has been and still is, that's right, one of those election deniers the Marxist left is supposed to despise so much. She's not alone. There are tens of millions of Americans who believe Donald Trump was cheated out of the presidency in the election of 2020, with one of the smallest margins of victory in history. Our guest today is Mark Bencham. He's running for Secretary of State in Arizona. And Mark, it's great to have you with us here on The Great America Show. Mark has an impressive background. You should know he was a police officer and first responder, businessman, and rancher. 
He's a stalwart in the Republican Party, very important to the prospects for the GOP in Arizona this year and for reform of the state's election system. Mark, I want to start with the headline from a recent New York Times article, quote, Mark Fincham says Biden didn't win in 2020, and he has big plans for elections in Arizona. Why do you say Biden didn't win in 2020, and what are your big plans? Thank you for having me on your show. Well, it's great to have you with us, and uh, we wish you the very best of luck uh, as Election Day approaches. Mark, let's start with Biden didn't win in 2020. Uh, now, as you know, in left-wing urban areas, uh, and particularly in the East, that is heresy. I mean, it's blasphemy uh, to say that this president didn't win in 2020. What are we to think, and what do you think? Well, I think it's interesting that um, there are a number of polls out there that range from 63 to 67% of Americans did not believe that we had a fair and um, successful election in 2020. And, and that's something that the left has failed to come to grips with. You know, they talk about the big lie. The big lie goes all the way back to 2016, when Eric sleeping with the enemy Swalwell, uh, Kamala Harris, Amy Klobuchar, in a hearing in Congress, berated the election in 2016, that it wasn't secure, it wasn't free, it wasn't fair, that there were all kinds of problems. But then four years later, with nothing changing in the election systems, suddenly everything is perfect. It's not even credible. So for the New York Times, actually there's three parts, three parts to that story. The fact that they used my name uh, for the folks in Arizona, that ended up raising me campaign funds. Thank you very much, New York Times. Keep up the good work. Um, when it comes to the, the question of did Joe Biden win, Okay, we're looking, uh, my, my good friend, Captain Seth Keschel, who is a statistical analyst uh, amongst many, he's probably one of the most credible. Um, he's telling me, look, between voting irregularities and just good old fashioned blocking and tackling cheating of having fictitious people on the voter rolls, Joe Biden didn't win. He, he might've had as many as 340,000 extra votes but if you go into the system and you start looking at all of the shenanigans in the background, that's why I'm, I'm deaf against black box ballot tabulation equipment. Um, I believe in paper ballots, hand counting, and I don't buy this argument, well, you can't do it within 24 hours. Well, France does, and they count a heck of a lot more ballots than we do. So I, I think that there's so many people out there that really question the result um, that for the New York Times to say that I'm just that guy, well, there's a lot of folks out there, including people who are uh, members of the Democrat Party, and I would call them, you know, moderate Democrats, just like the Republican Party has moderate Republicans. Um, I would say that there are a lot of Democrats out there who question the result. In fact, so much so that, you know, the folks in Georgia, you got Democrats in Georgia that are suing over elections. So apparently things were not perfect. You've got Republicans and Democrats that are engaged in the same litigati litigation behaviors. And Pennsylvania, for example, Fulton County in Pennsylvania, is suing Dominion uh, over issues with the, the their uh, participation, their machines, uh, in, in the election of 2020. And think about it. That's, it's taken almost two years for them to come to that judgment. Uh, it is 
it is a really a remarkable thing to me, Mark, how there can be so little transparency in our elections. I talk with secretaries of state. I talk with others who simply don't know what is happening with those black boxes, as you term them. They don't really have knowledge. County clerks don't seem to have the knowledge of what is in those boxes and how what is in those boxes counts votes. As someone said to me the the other day, uh, he doesn't understand why there should be any computational, uh, you know, uh, abracadabra about this because casinos uh, count billions of dollars every day. It's a simple calculation. You count votes, you count money. Why should there be any sort of extraordinary, esoteric, uh, and arcane, and little understood? calculation in those voting machines that seemingly no one in authority, almost no one in authority in any part of the country, really knows what's happening. Lou, that is exactly the crux of the problem, that you have a vendor that has a higher level of authority over the elections than the elected officials, the representatives of the people who are charged with responsibility of election oversight. Uh, I think it's, it's just incomprehensible to me that you would have a vendor that does not have open source software that you can inspect and make sure that there are no executable files, no nefarious code anywhere in that system. Yet that is the very fig leaf that the calculation companies stand behind. Now, I agree with you. What we're doing is we're counting dots. It's a math problem, and it's a simple count problem. There is no need for a calculation, but that was... That's been some of the source of of my suspicion for quite some time. And understand, as a legislator, I'm stepping out of the legislative branch now, have served Arizona for eight years in the House of Representatives, and moving into the executive branch. So I have a a very keen appreciation of what the legislature is supposed to do. I I was hired by the taxpayers to ask questions, to be a truth seeker. And now suddenly, because I found evidence, and sometimes the evidence pans out, sometimes it's it's not. But we've delivered so much evidence to our attorney general that there are unexplainable irregularities uh, to the point where I made a motion that we set aside the Maricopa County election. Now, of course, people, they don't like that because, well, you're going to disenfranchise people. Well, what if there's code in there that we can't verify? And that code flips votes. We don't know. So I agree with you. Um, There are so many people out there who are supposed to be in charge of elections that don't actually know what is in the code. Um, I would, that's one of the reasons why Carrie Lake and I filed suit in U.S. District Court uh, to block the use of the equipment until such time as we are able to inspect the code and certify that it is clean. And if if the companies are not willing to do that, then I'm fine with prohibiting their use in going to hand count of paper ballots, and we be, we begin to start on election day, and we don't stop until we're done. How long do you think it would take doing paper ballots if you started on election day? Well, it's a it's a throughput question. I'm a Six Sigma process engineer, so I I, I tend to look at things in in a map format. Um, mm-hmm. If you've if you've got a set number of ballots, a set number of races, if you design the ballot counting system properly, which is basically a set of tables with people counting individual races so that you can have rapid throughput. Then you just need to identify the number of people that you hire. Now, 
for the millions of dollars that they're paying for this ballot tabulation equipment, we could be hiring taxpayers, you know, at a decent rate, $20 an hour, paid volunteers, if you will, for a day, come in and count ballots, come in and do a shift for three or four hours. And then, you know, you start cycling people through. It's a simple throughput problem. So can we do it in 24 hours? Yeah, I do believe we can, especially if we begin counting early ballots first thing in the morning. And then, of course, you don't stop counting. None of this, oh, we're going to take a break between midnight and two. You don't stop counting until you're done. Right. And you lock the door once the ballots are reportedly all there. Because if they're not there by a specific time, they're, they're technically their votes outside of the law. And that's one of the things that uh, the Secretary of State needs to have a watchful eye on. Well, what you say makes great sense. And the fact that our election system doesn't make great sense, not just in Arizona, but across the country, whether it's Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia, uh, Nevada, uh, the list goes on. And lots of places that aren't under scrutiny right now, but the battleground states in particular, these are unnecessary questions that we, many of us, if not most of us, have about the election of 2020. There are too many anomalies, too many irregularities, too much questionable conduct uh, in full view of television cameras during the 2020 election. Uh, it, it's remarkable. And we know that, the, for example, the attorney general did not speak truth when he said uh, we have uh, looked at the election. And this was about four weeks after that election. William Barr said we found no significant evidence of electoral fraud, uh, which is preposterous because it was well, when you don't, That's actually a pretty pathetic statement. When, when you don't look, of course, you're not going to find anything. But we've got two different things that are at work here. One is the systems and the policies around those systems. And the other is the people. So, for example, the the fellow that I'm running against here in Arizona, I mean, the Arizona Supreme Court has rebuked uh, Adrian Fontes for instructing voters to, quote, cross off ballot mistakes. These are instructions that are not in law. And the difference between the Secretary of State and a lawmaker is you just follow the law. Unfortunately, um, he was the Maricopa County uh, reporter for 2020. And this guy, this is the same guy that uh, the Arizona Republic's writers, Abe Kwok, um, not exactly a, uh, a conservative writer. In fact, that paper has gone pretty far left. On September 13th, he wrote, Adrian Fontes had some, quote, dramatically bad moments during his term where he was recklessly and irresponsibly uh, deserving of the boot. In other words, the taxpayers fired him uh, when they replaced him with Republican Stephen Richard. But even more so, you've got another writer by the name of uh, uh, Lori Roberts, who she really hates me, but she comes out and says, Fontes is making up election law as he is going along. It's a frightening thought that the guy in charge of elections can do as he pleases as long as there's no prohibition in the law. So what you're hearing here now is the third part of this problem. You've got process, you've got equipment, and then you've got people. Um, Adrian Fontes has been lawless for his entire time in public service. I mean, this is a guy who actually represented individuals uh, from the cartels who were involved in the Fast and Furious gun running episode. So... 
I mean, how do you how do you reconcile that with somebody who is going to be the senior elections official in the state of Arizona overseeing 15 counties if he can't even get one county right? I, I, I have a hard time reconciling that. Well, Maricopa County uh, has has a history of uh, trouble with uh, the law uh, and uh, propriety and transparency when it comes to elections, don't they? Uh, they have their struggles. <laughs> so, I'm trying so what, to be kind. I, I understand. But it's it's really important in a state uh, like Arizona for everyone to get a sense. And what I and I love what you're doing, talking about transparency, talking about following the law. These those two initiatives alone should resolve uh, most of the the uncertainties, the questions, uh, and the and the charges uh, mm-hmm. in our election system. Why not just simply follow the law? Why not be transparent about it all and be done with it? Instead, we've got an electoral system nationally where three electronic voting firms, they are Dominion, they are Hart, ES&S, they count 92% of the votes in the election. Uh, as of 19, uh, excuse me, 2020. Uh, that's remarkable. And nobody knows what's going on. And why are these companies all private, not public? And why in the world I have so many secretaries of state? Uh, and by the way, this makes me less than popular with uh, a number of those electronic voting companies because I'm asking for transparency, total transparency. And if they can't deliver it, uh, let's get rid of the voting those mm-hmm. electronic voting machines. It doesn't make sense for, for the American people to put up with us. Yeah, I guess uh, going back to the New York Times comment about um, I have big plans. Well, the big plan is just follow the law. Um, and if folks want to go out to votefincham.com, they can see every interview that I've ever done. I've been consistent in my message. Uh, and perhaps that's one of the reasons that from November 30th on of 2020, somehow I've been elevated to position of champion for voters, I guess, just because I dared to ask questions that the establishment, both Republican and Democrat, they don't want me to ask those questions because they don't have answers for them. Uh, I agree with you. When you've got uh, electronic voting equipment that has closed code, but they're not, well, it's proprietary. Really? All you're doing is counting bubbles. If there's anything else in that, why is it there? And so far, we haven't gotten an answer to that question. And you make a very good point, Lou. If you've got elections officials who are supposed to be minding the store, if you will, that don't even understand or know about what's in the code, that means you have a private concern with a greater level of authority over elections than the people who are supposed to be safeguarding the process for the people. Elections belong to the people. They don't belong to the government. We We cannot lose sight of that fact. And they are a system that is people dependent. But if you've got machines that everybody's, and I know one of the reasons, because it's easy. It's the easy thing to do. Instead of organizing people to count ballots and use paper ballots, it's the easy thing to do. Well, we can just feed them into a machine. It's going to count everything, and it's going to spit out a result at the end. Well, that's not worked out so well for us. In fact, I'll hold up the case of Tina Peters, a very good friend of mine running for Secretary of State in the state of Colorado. She knew something was wrong because she was leading by 15 points, 
She lost by 15 points. Okay, that's a 30-point swing. Statistically, that's just not possible. So she went to El Paso County. Somebody kind of gave her a little bit of a tip that, hey, you might want to take a look at the, the ballots there. And she posted, I think it was $285,000 bond. Um, they went through and they compared the paper ballot. They went through and counted the actual paper ballots against the tabulation equipment. That would be Dominion. They found a 62% error rate. Now, under federal law, the error, the acceptable error rate is 0.000026%. in a Secretary of State race in just one county of Colorado. Now, that tells me between that and all of the information that we had in our lawsuit here in Arizona, the U.S. District Court case, that that's enough for us to say no more. No mas. We've got to go back. We've, first of all, we've got to reset the the world and go to hand counting of paper ballots. Now, if somebody can come up with a simple tabulation piece of equipment, like the kind of, they call it a dumb scanner. It's the kind of scanner that they count um, ACT and SAT scores with, you know, the little bubble sheets. Right. That's all we need. We don't need to have this massive architecture to transmit data. Okay, what data? So, so let's go to Tina Peters. Uh, so she won the election, uh, and everything is happiness, joy, little rabbits and rainbows around that, right? No, she lost the election. How could she lose an election when she found all those votes? Well, she had to she had to challenge the election in El Paso County. And in doing that, that's where she found a 62% error rate. Now, it's my understanding, I don't know for sure whether or not that will trigger a statewide um, paper ballot comparison for all of the counties. Uh, I haven't talked to Tina in several days. But you can tell that she's over the target because the, the legal apparatus, the Secretary of State there, the Attorney General, uh, the courts are going after this gold star mom. Her son is a Navy SEAL that died on duty. A gold star mom who just wanted to make sure that she was doing her job. Originally, as the Mesa County clerk, she knew something was wrong with the so-called trusted build that Jenna Griswold wanted to do for the entire state. So she had a forensic image made of the equipment in her office, Dominion Equipment. They came in, they did the build. After they were done, she had another forensic image done. And lo and behold, discovered that in, in conflict with 52 CFR 20701, which is the law, the federal law that requires document retention, they destroyed all of the election records that Tina was required to keep and curate for 22 months. Who did that? The Secretary of State of the State of Colorado. And is that person in jail today? Uh, no. And by the way, each one of those records is a separate uh, federal crime that carries a one year in one year in jail, one year in prison, and a thousand dollar fine. Every one of those records is a unique instance. So why isn't that person in jail? Uh, well, first of all, we have a. Uh, an attorney general in the United States who is more interested in pursuing parents who stand up for their rights in, in public school um, school board meetings or going after this uh, 
apparently they're just scared to death of people like me because we ask questions. They're busy going after Donald Trump and Roger Stone and Steve Bannon. And I mean, they're not engaged in any law enforcement. They're actually quite lawless. Uh, I, I find these days the FBI is utterly disgusting. Many of the agents that are carrying out some of these search warrants, they they should be saying, I can't do this. I'm going to have to quit. Well, they should be. Their bosses should be. But the FBI and the Department of Justice, let's be straightforward here, uh, are the most corrupt elements of a corrupt federal government. People think that's uh, hyperbole, but uh, mm-hmm. folks, I, every my audience understands where I'm coming from. Uh, this is right now a government that is Marxist-dominated. It is. Uh, this is a puppet president who is being led by the Marxist Dems and a Democrat Party uh, led by the Dems as well. Uh, there is. This is a time for people to talk absolutely straight about what's going on. And I, I want to, by the way, say something here. Dominion is one of those uh, companies uh, that uh, is suing Fox. Uh, I have been a witness in that case, uh, and I I harbor absolutely no ill will toward Dominion, and I don't know if they've cheated or not. But I do know people who I respect who say that they have. And there has to be a public accounting for all of this. Uh, this is not a matter for a debate or a court decision. We've left it up to district court judges, state court judges, And yes, we did get to the Pennsylvania State Supreme Court, and we watched them, again, not have standing. Uh, I I love these legal terms for I don't want to get involved, and that's what it really means. Uh, (laughs) That's exactly it. And and the U.S. Supreme Court did the same thing in 2020, where they had an opportunity to assure that uh, all all of the issues were resolved uh, and that the interest of the voting public was preserved. Everyone wants to talk about uh, voter rights, except when it comes to all voter rights. Uh, No one wants to give the American people uh, at large voter rights. Uh, Otherwise, they would have a more, I I think, uh, more of a demand than imaginable for more transparency, for following the law and making certain that the attorney general, as you said, in this case, uh, Merrick Garland, uh, but before him, Bill Barr, uh, he was a disaster. Uh, and and we know for a fact he changed history uh, in in October in the final presidential debate when Joe Biden, he said and acknowledged that he lied. He lied about his Hunter, uh, Hunter Biden, his son's uh, uh, laptop, mm-hmm. and didn't say a word. But meanwhile, had FBI agents telling news organizations and big tech and social media, don't you touch that story broken by the New York Post because it's Russian disinformation. Fifty one Intel veterans uh, signed a letter to that effect, and they knew that it was an absolute fraud. All designed to protect all designed to protect Joe Biden. So it's designed to protect the status quo, Lou. No, that they was no, not, that was no, that's no. This was very specifically to protect Joe Biden. They changed the outcome of the 2020 election in that one instance. Uh, subsequent polling showed that 13 percent of people who voted for Joe Biden would have changed their votes had they known the truth mm-hmm. about the laptop. 
Now, the status quo, the status quo is an refers, I assume, uh, to an establishment that is bipartisan. This is not bipartisan. This is not simple economics and uh, uh, the wealthy uh, and, and the globalists. This no, that's, is that's the, the point Democrat, I was trying to make. This is the Democrat. No, but this is the Democrat Party. This is about Democrats, their leadership, their control of this government. Think about this. They've been in control of our entire federal government for almost two years. And the result has been breathtaking, devastating corruption. In instance after instance, whether it's in the Justice Department, the judiciary, you name it, there isn't a single policy enunciated and put into place by Joe Biden. Uh, I, I, I don't know how anybody could vote Democrat ever again. This man is absolutely a puppet of the Marxist Dems and absolutely uh, trying to send this country to hell in a handbasket. Well, the point that I was trying to make about the status quo is Joe Biden was installed to protect the status quo. They don't want to see any change. They want to see everything just the way it is because that's how they're able to build a country just like Venezuela. Um, you know, it, one of the things that Rush Limbaugh um, said a number of times, in fact, it really made an imprint on me. Every time somebody would say, well, the failed state of Venezuela, and he's like, well, no, no, stop a second. Venezuela is socialism operating exactly as it was designed to operate. And that's, your your point is well taken on the whole Marxist thing. That's why there are so many Democrats who are now fleeing the Democrat Party and becoming independents. That's why we have so many independents in the state of Arizona. What, fully a third of the voters in Arizona classify themselves either as party not declared or independent. That means that voting block carries an incredible amount of power. Right. Well, you should be feeling very good about that because we are we are looking at independents in poll after poll, those that I respect, and I'm talking about uh, the McLaughlin poll. I'm, I'm talking uh, you know, uh, about the Trafalgar group. Um, highly respected and accurate polls, a history of it. Uh, we, we know President Trump won 38% of the Hispanic vote in 2016. We know more Hispanics are pouring into the Republican Party for this midterm election because they're no different than anyone. There's no monolithic group in this country. You can argue that the, uh, that the black voting bloc is a solid block, and it has been. But we are seeing that absolutely dissolve in the face yep. of these destructive policies of the Marxist Dems in the Democrat Party. There's no place for a moderate in the Democratic Party. You show me a moderate Dem, and I'll show you somebody who really should be voting Republican every time. Uh, there's no room well, for them. Yeah, your point's well taken. I, I think uh, you know the whole mission of the Marxist dialectic is deconstruction of the family. Create, cost, create chaos, um, create um, that uncertainty, pull the families apart so that the state ultimately is in control. And that's what they're attempting to do. Now, we, you know, right now, we are facing an existential threat to the election system in the state of Arizona and I think more broadly to the United States. We need to elect secretaries of state who are focused on one singular mission, and that is making everybody follow the law. Just follow the law. So if people want to know more about me, they can go to votefincham.com. That's V-O-T-E-F-I-N-C-H-E, like Edward, M like Mark.com. 
um, they can click on the news tab. And if you'll be so kind as to give me the, the link to this show, uh, once it's, it has aired, I'll be happy to um, post it out on our, our website because I really do want to be the most transparent candidate, uh, actually transparent nominee in the state of Arizona for any office. I want people to know full well what they're getting when they vote for Mark Fincham. Well, that's transparency at its best, and, uh, you know, we salute you for that. It's one of the reasons that we believe you're the right man for the job uh, in the great state of Arizona. Uh, and I would urge re- Republicans, Democrats, independents to stand up and and vote your real interest, which is to preserve our rights as a constitutional republic, our security, including that border with Mexico, uh, and and get rid of the people who think that 100,000 overdose deaths from fentanyl are an acceptable level of collateral damage uh, in a democracy like ours. It's that's time. Tragic. It's time for change. We have. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You get the last word. That's pouring across our border, Lou, and I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, in Arizona, the Secretary of State is the de facto Lieutenant Governor. Um, Carrie Lake, who is the gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party, and I both are in, in absolute agreement. That is another threat to the, the, the youth of our state. In fact, that is the thing that makes every state a border state, because this poison is flowing into their schools, onto their streets, into their homes. It is now the number one cause of death amongst young adults. That is absolutely unacceptable, and those deaths are on the hands of Joe Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas. They are lying to the American people when they tell us we have a secure border. The cartels have operational control of our southern borders. Why are we hiring 87,000 IRS agents when we need to have 87,000 Border Patrol agents? Unacceptable performance. And, you know, if, if people want to make sure that we secure our election system, especially here in Arizona, you know, Adrian Fontes has got several million dollars to work with. I don't. Um, we've got a lot of donor fatigue, but I would ask folks, you know, go to my website. And if you would, please push the button to make a donation. Uh, every dollar, we are very, very frugal when it comes to spending, but we're putting our money in the right places. Um, So thank you very much, Lou. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I appreciate all that you do in getting real news out and fighting back against the fake news cartel. Mark, thanks so much. Enjoyed talking with you and look forward to talking to you in in the weeks ahead as we approach Election Day. Mark Fincham running for Secretary of State of the great state of Arizona. Thanks so much. God bless you. Mark, thanks for being with us, and good luck in your campaign for Secretary of State in Arizona, a great American. And thank you, everybody, for being with us. Here tomorrow, our guest is Mike Davis. He worked for Senator Chuck Grassley as chief counsel for nominations. He founded and leads the Article Three Project. We'll be talking about what in the world is going on with the Supreme Court and more. Please join us here tomorrow. Till then, God bless you, and may God bless America.